Welcome to the first edition of the Successful Farming in Her Field podcast, brought to you by John Deere, who celebrates the strength and resilience of the women who make farms run. I'm Lori Boyer. They run errands and equipment. They bring parts and dinner. They drive the combine and the kids to school. They feed livestock. They fix skinned knees, broken fences. They do the books and lead the 4-H group. They simply make everything better. John Deere celebrates the strength and resilience of the women that make farms run. They make all the difference. Guernsey Girl Creamery is located in Shelby, North Carolina. It's owned and operated by Ashley Bridges McMurray and her husband. Ashley, how long have you been operating a dairy? And maybe tell us a little bit more about your background and your family. Ten years has come in November, and my husband and I have three children, Charlie, Silas, and Molly, and they're 10, 7, and 1-year-old, and I've always been, you know, in agriculture some way of shape or form. My grandfather had a dairy, and I basically lived and breathed all those things. Growing up as a kid, we showed cows. We still show and exhibit our Guernsey cows, and we've been exhibiting Guernsey cows for over 60 years now. So that's kind of what, as a kid, really kind of piqued my interest was all the activities, 4-H, growing up, even high school, FFA. Actually, growing up in a very rural area, there was only one other kid, um, one of my best friends in high school, out of, I think I graduated like 200-some kids, and me and him were the only two kids that grew up on a farm and actually farmed. And so... You know, we live in a farming community, but there's not a lot of younger farmers my age that really are in the business. Most of them are, you know, in their 50s, 60s now. And um, so it's kind of rare to have farmers, you know, younger than 40 right now in the area. So I've always been involved in agriculture. My grandfather was kind of one of those. If we wanted to go and do something and it involved cows or whatever, you know, he sure we found our way there and one way or the other. And he very much supported that. So did my mom and dad. Now, my parents were, have been separated ever since I was little. So even though they were separated, my mom, you know, was very supportive of me still being there on the farm with my dad and my grandfather. And at a young age, I was kind of given some responsibilities, and I just kind of ran with it. And, you know, I knew from probably about eight years old that I wanted to milk cows. And it wasn't, you know, like there's so many aspects of farming, and I think whether it's tractor work or, you know, field work or livestock or nutrition, all those things, you know, Cattle and, you know, being in the barn and actually being very hands-on is what, you know, kind of intrigued me the most and kind of always kept my attention. And I was always a very outdoorsy, hands-on kid growing up from growing gardens and, you know, even when I was little, plants and flowers and all those kinds of things. So somehow or another, my hands were dirty uh, 99.9% of the time. What a great backstory. Thank you so much for sharing that, Ashley. Tell me now how Guernsey Girl Creamery got its start. Yes, my 
grandfather had started the dairy back in the 50s. My dad was worked along with my grandfather. Unfortunately, in 1999, my grandfather was actually killed by a Guernsey bull. And my dad was severely injured. And luckily, we lived in a small, close-knit community that everybody kind of came together, took care of cows and, you know, whatever else needed to be done. And my dad, luckily, he survived. And uh, he was in the hospital for a very long time. And so he took over the dairy. And, you know, I went off to college 2008. And at the time, I thought I wanted to be an ag teacher. And not necessarily my dad or my parents pushed me towards that, but they were kind of really adamant about having a degree or more education, something to fall back on. They knew I wanted to farm. They're like, you know, sometimes things don't work out for now. Why you got time, you know, go get a degree. And so I was at NC State and thinking I wanted to be in the ag education program. And I kind of learned really quickly that I didn't want to be teaching kids. And so I went to my advisor at the time and I was like, I want to farm. I want to be whatever I got to do to get home and I want to farm. I knew in my mind what I wanted to do. And my um, advisor said, well, there's a a two-year program, and it's called the Ag Institute. And it's basically, you go and you get an associate's degree, but every bit of the Ag Institute was very hands-on. So if I wanted to, it didn't matter, like, what kind of area you wanted to be in, whether it be poultry, livestock, any type of row crop farming or whatever, there was that specialty to go into. So... When I graduated from the Ag Institute, I came home and I started working full-time for my dad, milking cows. That was, you know, I was, you know, I was a general labor person. You know, when you work on a farm, you're a little bit of everything. You know, whether you're, whether you milk cows, feed cows, you run to town and get parts or, you know, you're driving a dump truck for when you're cutting silage. You know, I just kind of did whatever, and that was what I wanted to do. I didn't care how much, you know, honestly, I never even thought about the money. Like, I never thought, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not probably going to get very rich doing this, And but that, it didn't matter to me. Like, that's not, obviously, that's not what drove me to be involved in agriculture. And so when, unfortunately, in 2010, my dad had been in a partnership with another farm, and that partnership decided to sell and they wanted a whole lot of money for their half and we were just unable to to make that work i mean it's very hard to imagine taking out you know several million dollars of a farm loan and only milk you know a hundred cows at the time is what we were milking and to be able to pay that back and you know so my dad decided to sell out and we were able to liquidate the herd to a another herd in, in Ohio. And I was very heartbroken. You know, that was not my plan in my head. That was not how this was, how things were supposed to go. I dealt with a good bit of depression then. That was, you know, it was very hard for me to kind of wrap my head around. And my dad, luckily, I was able to keep some cows. 
so this was in June of 2010, and um, I kept a few cows of my own, a few heifers of my own, and there was a grant, and my dad said, why don't you apply for this grant? Maybe it'll help you get started where you can get back going. You, you can milk your own cows and process milk, and at the time, that's not really what I wanted to do. I had no idea about processing milk. I knew how to put it in a jar and take it home and drink it. That was pretty much it. So I applied for this grant, and I knew the grant wasn't going to cover everything. So I really just kind of got to researching. And I laugh, and I say this a lot when people ask me about this, but I studied harder for and researched more about processing, equipment, rules, regulations, all that stuff more than I had in my entire life for any test, <laughs> uh, anything during college. You know, I just, because I knew that if I wanted to make this work and make, you know, to be able to keep these cows, these, you know, the, uh, the cows were symbolic to me because they were my grandfather's legacy and I didn't want to let that go so that was my way of kind of trying to hold on to things is I'm going to make this work and really did I really did I I just did not realize that I could make this in to an actual business that will support me and my husband and our kids and it actually be you know, a profitable business at, at, you know, at the time. And so granted, it did take me, it has been, you know, obviously more than 10 years. And it took me that long to really kind of, you know, after about year five or six, I had gotten a good customer base. And then I've just really been able to build on that. And then that was just with um, cheeses. And then in the past two years, we we went grade A, and we were able to bottle milk, start bottling grade A milk. So it went from, you know, I'm going to milk a couple of cows and just make cheese, because when you did the math on milk, cheese was, is obviously it's more profitable. It might take longer, and the aging process is longer, but you're more profitable per pound of milk. So that was... That was kind of the turning point when I figured out, you know, after my dad sold out and out. And, you know, at the time I was mad, I was upset, but really I figured out, I mean, honestly, he had no choice. He wasn't given a choice. It was, you know, here's the other half of the partnership. Sorry if you can't afford it. And, you know, which was not fair to us or him or anything. And, but we made it work on, you know, on our end. Like, so the cows, the farm, everything that I do is on my grandfather's farm where he milk, started milking cows in the 50s. And um, everything is actually all the equipment in the milking parlor is actually equipment out of his very first barn that he built. So I have a glass pipeline, all his stanchions. I milk in a little stanchion barn. And people told me, you know, I don't see how you make a living 
milking less than 20 cows and I and it's just you kind of got to be strategic about it about where you're selling the milk and I knew that I had a niche market and I knew I could tap into that and it panned out honestly it's worked out very well for us and we're kind of busting at the seams and we're needing to grow so we have more cows we have more heifers that are going to be calving in and we got growing pains, as I would honestly put it. We're just trying to figure out what's the next step and where do we go from there. They run errands and equipment. They bring parts and dinner. They drive the combine and the kids to school. They feed livestock. They fix skinned knees, broken fences. They do the books and lead the 4-H group. They simply make everything better. John Deere celebrates the strength and resilience of the women that make farms run. They make all the difference. Ashley, if I may, I want to go back a little bit. You talked about cheese making. I want to learn more about that. Tell me about cheese making and the process there. I had actually really wanted to sell the milk to a cheese maker. I knew I had, I knew I had milk that was, you know ideal for cheese making it's a high butter fat milk it's you know guernsey's produce um or beta carotene in our milk and their milk is actually a golden color so that's where the um the term golden guernsey if you ever hear that uh, or see that label somewhere that's kind of where that comes from you might look at other milk and it's more of a white color versus guernsey milk is a yellow color and so i knew that that milk was absolutely ideal for cheese making and so I really wanted to reach out to another cheese maker and say hey I've got this milk this is what I'll sell you and you know I wanted to work with somebody else because I just honestly just wanted to milk the cows and so when that didn't really work out the way I wanted to I was able to North Carolina has a pasteurizer that They'll loan you, the NCDA or North Carolina Department of Agriculture has a pasteurizer program where they will loan you a pasteurizer for a year. And, you know, it's kind of doubled as a pasteurizer or cheese that. And um, it gives you time to kind of build your inventory and make sales and kind of get an idea of, you know, what size of pasteurizer you need to be continue on. And then, you know, it gives you time to go purchase one. So I was very fortunate to be able to be a part of that program, and I got that pasteurizer. And trust me when I tell you, I had no idea what I was doing when I first started making cheese. And at the time, my husband and I were just dating, and he was the guinea pig because he would try anything. And I would make all kinds of different cheeses. I would make, uh, you know, hard-aged cheeses, um, cheddars, goudas, blue cheese pepper jack cheeses and then I also made like uh, soft cheeses like fromages that I could you know put different flavorings in and so it took me a while to really like figure it out what I was doing and I had a book my dad actually bought me this cheese book and it's kind of like a joke because it's like a cheese making for dummies book and I read that book and then I bought another cheese book and I read that book and I would just go through and I would try all these recipes 
because just getting started, I did not have the money to go to a, you know, like a professional cheese class that some places teach. And most of them were not in North Carolina. They were, you know, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. You know, I didn't have the money to travel, that sort of thing. And so I just taught myself. Honestly, I taught from the very beginning of everything I taught myself. And I kind of had to kind of, you know, make some recipes on my own. I've figured out what I was kind of doing or what I didn't need to do. I really made a lot of notes and wrote down a lot of things. I would make uh, a batch of cheese, write down exactly how I did it from, you know, stirring to stirring time to cheddaring to drying, aging, like I would write down all these, you know, these details. And then obviously in a few months and we tried it and it was good, I knew exactly what to do and go back and do it again. And so the first couple of years of being in business was tough and it was a lot of trial and error because I guess I started making cheese because at the time I did not have the equipment to be grade A in the state of North Carolina. It just required so much more equipment. I couldn't bear the cost of it. So cheese making is kind of a bare minimum equipment as far as milking and moving equipment, moving the milk and that sort of thing. So that's what I started with. So it was just kind of started at the bottom of the totem pole. And we have slowly worked our way up to be able to be grade A and then start selling fluid milk. You know, we kind of have this saying around here, we, we do one thing at a time and we, and we take one day at a time. Trust me, my husband and I have these big goals and we have, you know, the same mindset of what we want our business to be. We have this goal of to when our children get old enough, if they want to be in business and will they want to farm, I want them to be able to come back and do that. I want to make the decision and be like, yes, this is what you can do and we can expand and I could be able to, you know, pay them and give them a good salary. So that's kind of where the whole cheese thing started. And it's just kind of grown from there, honestly. What would you say are some of your biggest challenges you've had in developing your business into what it is today? The number one thing is cost. Having a small dairy, you would think, you know, the equipment's smaller, it's the cost of equipment's got to be less. It's not. Honestly, the cost of smaller equipment is actually astronomical compared to larger equipment. You know, you think, well, why don't you buy larger? Well, that's time. That's not what our goal was. And the cost to, to get started was a huge hurdle. Finally getting over that hurdle And then just, you know, simple things along the way, you know, needing to expand and, you know, I need a commercial size fridge or whatever. I mean, you know, I still have small refrigerators that I use every day and it would just be more simpler to go out and buy these big commercial refrigerators. But it's just, you know, the cost is what honestly sets us back. Obviously, recently with inflation the way it is. You know, fuel prices, feed prices, seed prices. I mean, we grow all our own hay. It's really hurt us in the long run. Even just the price of jugs, 
that we bottle our milk in to the price of our labels. There's just a lot of inputs that we have to buy to be able to make the business go. And those costs have been unreal lately. What are the good things? What keeps you motivated? What gets you up in the morning? What do you enjoy? Morning milkings are always my favorite. So I do all the milking. And um, being in the barn in the morning by myself, it's very calming. You know, I kind of joke a little bit and say, you know, that's my my church. You know, that's my my peaceful time, especially having three kids. <laughs> and, you know, that's my time to to talk to God. It's milking, turning the cows out on pasture, you know, seeing happy customers. You know, obviously, that's what I strive for the most is I want my customers to try something and say, oh, my God, I have never had milk like this or I've never had cheese like this. This is amazing. And then what do they do? They go and tell somebody and then they tell somebody else. And even though we have what I consider a great social media following, you know, it's still the word of mouth that really sells it for us. And so from the time I was a kid raising these cows and seeing them grow up and then become part of the milking herd and those cows living, you know, a long life here. That's probably one of the most enjoyable things, honestly, that I get to see every day. Ashley, you mentioned expansion. Where do you plan to expand next? And what are your hopes and goals for Guernsey Girl Creamery now? My husband does produce. So we grow about three acres of produce. We have honeybees and we do our own beef and way-fed pork. And so we have a store for all that in our milk and cheese. We were kind of really outgrown our store. Our goal is to build a bigger store. We've talked about ice cream in the future and being able to have that in the store for come and get a cup of ice cream or clone ice cream, milkshakes, that sort of thing. We kind of want to be that one-stop shop in the summertime to come get your produce and pick up your meat and your beef for the grill and that sort of thing. So that's been on the forefront of our goals list lately is to work on, you know, building that. And and, I mean, my husband talks about, you know, having actually have that done by the end of this year. So we've realized that our customer base has gotten larger. So we know we need to accommodate that if we can accommodate that. And then we could throw in something like ice cream that we would, bring in more people so our store is on the farm and if you come out to the store you're able to go out to the barn and you can see the calves and we have chickens and we have pigs and they can see the baby calves and the hutches so really honing in on like you know people getting an experience when they come out here is kind of want to intensify that a little bit more and do a little bit more with that. And I think really the more we can expose, you know, obviously non-farm kids and even adults to what we do every day, maybe they'll better understand the work and the passion that goes into it and they, you know, appreciate it a little bit more. Absolutely, Ashley, telling your story, so very important. What else would you like to mention or say here today that I haven't asked you about? I guess, if anything, I kind of want to encourage farmers, especially dairy farmers that are, I know the struggles that dairy farming has, 
and I can't, you know, I can't imagine selling their milk for what they get for it now. And I just, you know, it's obviously it's gotten better over the years, but with the input costs, you know, I know it can be very hard for dairy farmers to, to break even, if anything. So if there is a dairy farmer that is thinking about, you know, getting into the business of processing their own milk, I've always tried to be that open book and to try to kind of help them in any way I can. You know, there's always grants available if you've got the time to sit down and really work on them and send them in. And they might not cover everything. If they cover even $10,000 of it, that's a huge burden off of them, you know. So that's really, you know, the only extra thing I could think of because I want to be, I could easily be negative and say, you know, don't do this. This is tough. And it is because you're literally the one person doing the milk in your processing, there's deliveries to make, there's a store to run, you know, there's marketing, you've got to be able to market, you know, your product and get it out there. Even though it might seem impossible, it is possible because trust me, I went through every hurdle and it was not easy, but it is possible. And I'm happy to say that I feel like what we sell our milk for is exactly what dairy farmers should be getting for their milk. So I just know how much work is put into it. Do you ship your products? We do not. That is something I really actually want to work on. I have a really good friend in Wilmington. She ships her beef. It's called Northwest Land and Cattle. And her and I, we graduated college together. We actually met while we were at NC State. I was in her wedding. She was in my wedding. You know, <laughs> And so she's kind of helping me. My thing is, is like, you know, we sell like 90% of our products right here off the farm. So honestly, I don't have a whole lot of extra. So, you know, like I was telling for, I have all these cows that are going to be calving these heifers. You know, we know that we're going to be growing, especially come this fall. So that's kind of the plan is to be able to open it up and to be able to start shipping. And that's going to be really a job in itself. I'm going to have to hire a part-time employee and say, hey, I need you to take care of this. We're open to it. We've been doing a lot of research about it because I don't want to ship things and it not, you know, it not get there and, you know, in pristine condition, if you know what I mean. There's a lot of kind of logistics when it comes to shipping, you know, perishable items. I've kind of been poking the people that do it and seeing you know, what can we learn from it? And, you know, if there's something kind of where we can start moving more things in the future. And that will bring our show to a close here today. Once again, I want to thank my guest for joining me, Ashley Bridges McMurray. She is owner of Guernsey Girl Creamery in Shelby, North Carolina. I'm Lori Boyer. Today's In Her Field episode has been brought to you by John Deere, who celebrates the strength and resilience of the women who make farms run. Visit agriculture.com to hear more stories from the In Her Field series.